0: Real people, real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's
1: classic hits.
2: Direct provision. We heard today some scathing reports coming from direct provision. Nothing new there, you say. You might be right. But today's news was focused on the children who were in direct provision. And regardless of your views on Ireland's immigration policy, uh, it's a very tough to stand over kids being in a system like this. I mean, so much so that the Children's Ombudsman has gone as far as to say that history will not judge Ireland well for the way we treat children in direct provision. Now, I'm not sure if it refers to emergency accommodation and the tent situation or solution that we currently have. I tell you now, I wouldn't like to be in a tent on a night like tonight. Anyway, I assume not, as this report focuses on direct provision itself, but I think it is safe to say history won't judge us too well for that either. If we look back in history, the way we speak about the way things were done in this country many, many years ago, we're quite shameful, ashamed of the way we did that. But what I want to ask tonight is, what do you think of this? Could we be doing more for children in direct provision? It's a difficult question because to do more for the children, you have to do more for their parents because you can't just say, okay, we're gonna put the child in a five-star hotel and yeah, you parents can stay out there in the tent. You know, So to do more for children, you have to do more for parents. And people will argue, well, what more can we do? And we didn't put the children in this situation. And that would be a fair answer, by the way. We didn't put the children in this situation. And for those who are genuinely coming from war, who are genuinely coming from persecution, absolutely, we have to understand that and we have to give our empathy there. But for those who would be economic migrants, well, then the parents took a risk themselves in bringing children with them into that situation where you know they may not have enough provisions to live somewhere. Or if you were a person who thinks Ireland is doing too much, I'd like to hear from you as well, in general, for those seeking international protection. Do you think we are doing too much for the children or do you think we're doing too little? I want to know what you think. Are we doing enough for children who are in direct provision? Now remember, direct provision has been extended now because our direct provision centres and accommodation centres only hold up to about five or 6,000 people. So realistically, direct provision is school halls, direct provision is hotels, direct provision is tents and fields, direct provision is city west, direct provision is everything now, isn't it? It's anywhere you can put people to sleep, essentially. Anywhere we can fit people and human beings. So are we doing enough or should we be doing more? That is the question I'm asking you. The number is 087-188-0008. I'm going to focus on children here, by the way. 087-188-0008. Let me go to Danielle. Danielle, how are you?
3: It's Danielle Nyle.
2: Oh, I, just, I got that wrong the last time too, didn't I?
3: You did. And it bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm
2: so sorry. Call me Neil just to get me back.
3: Right, Neil, okay. <laughs> I <was> never told <laughs> you like that, Neil.
2: <laughs> it's the way they spelled it on the screen. It's I'm I'm not making excuses, Danielle.
3: Was she, 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 she right? Was she go to say, Danielle Longone? yeah
2: And you were so excited <laughs> because you got your name right.
3: Yeah, because nobody gets it right. Because even
2: yesterday, in the doctors, they called me Daniela. That's because we see see when I see your name D A N I E L L E on the screen. Yeah. Maybe this is just my dyslexia. I just add the e uh at the end of it because it's an oh, e. Okay, I forgive you so because I love you so much. Okay, I'm I'm really sorry. I love you straight back, by the way. But I'm I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so sorry, Danielle. I mean, Let's let, tell you what. Hang on. Let's start again. Okay, just pretend.
3: Okay,
2: right. Okay, pretend, Jane. Just pretend nothing happened. We didn't start the show yet, okay? Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. I'm going to start the show all over again. You would... you, you, Wait, wait there. Wait there, Daniel. Now,
0: Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan on the home of the 80s and 90s. Ireland's classic hits radio.
2: All right, let's go over to Danielle.
3: Yeah, you got it right. Hello, Niall. How are you?
2: You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to pretend that nothing happened before.
3: Okay, right, okay.
2: Yeah, okay we just leave it at that. Danielle, okay, on yeah. a serious note, and it is a very serious note, yeah, drug provision is. Drag provision is not the ideal situation for anybody to be living in, but particularly children. Um, where do you That's lie on good. this?
3: I'm on the fence here, right, because we have a situation where we've too many immigrants, mm-hmm. too many people coming in, and we also have an Irish population. Right. But yep. the kids have to be looked after, I think.
2: So how do you look because after the kids without looking after their parents? I don't know. So you, you, and I agree with you. 76% of the population agree with you that we should have stopped you know, allowing people in a long time ago. The government are the only ones that don't agree with you. Um, and those who live in leafy suburbs who are not affected by it. And the NGOs. So I, I agree yep. with you. I agree with the 76% according to a Red Sea poll that we've we've gone over the top. But I f- and I feel sorry for the children. But what? How do you solve that problem without addressing the parents too? You can't, mm-hmm.
3: because can you, there would be no point taking the child from the parent.
2: You can't do that, really. Can you?
3: You can't. Like, what do you do? Like, you yeah. have to move the parent and the child. Yeah. Unless they raise the money a little bit that they're giving to them, but they're also getting free education and free food.
2: Mm-hmm. In free free health care, yeah.
3: Free health care. In that aspect, they're being looked after.
2: But then again, if it was your child, you wouldn't want to be living in a tent in the middle of Strad Valley in no. a weather like this, would you?
3: But No, absolutely no. not. We don't have the room now.
2: Oh, no, you're right, we don't. There's no doubt about that
3: because I, I see post after post of people looking for accommodation mm-hmm. in the I live in the small town and there is nowhere to be rented like
2: do you think we look back I mean, according to the children's Ombudsman we look back at this in history uh, you know and be ashamed of the way we allowed children to be treated in this situation
3: Absolutely, but that's the government's fault for overcrowding the country at the moment.
2: So it's the government's fault for not accommodate for not allowing enough allowing the amount of people in that we could accommodate.
3: Yeah. I don't I I'm this is just my opinion on it.
2: Mm, no, I accept your opinion. But
3: they should have been organized because they they had to have known that parents are going to bring kids with them. Mhm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um this government just doesn't care. They just are trying to please the big
2: Shots in Europe, I think. So, so how? Okay, well, we're, we are where we are. So, how exactly. do we how do we sort the problem out? For I don't know how many families are in Valley at the moment. How many children, particularly are there, that's just Valley, There's other places which are is yeah. unsuitable for children. You know, where you've got children, say, sharing a, a ten bedroom with you know men and women, adults who are not their parents, and that's not suitable either. You've got children, you know, young teenage girls maybe sharing showers, a communal shower with, you know, men of 30 or 40 years of age. It's not suitable. It's just not suitable.
3: No, this is tougher than what I thought.
2: Yeah. So how do we... So we're in that situation now. Even if we turned around tomorrow and said, let's close the door, we're still in that situation. So how do we treat those children properly? Or well? They
3: can't do it with accommodation. They just have to... No, I'm struggling here. No, 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 I, no I, I'm struggling
2: too, by the way, Danielle. I, I, I'm i
3: really, like, normally I just, I know what I'm thinking. hmm And I'm just, I can't actually see a way out of it, to be honest. It's too late. I think so, yeah. yeah the horse is bolted. Probably my, probably my final answer.
2: Yeah, the final answer probably is, there's nothing more we can do. No, uh, but
3: it's. Why is it
2: so tough? Like... No, 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 because it's so tough because if you want to treat the children properly you have to either A, take them off their parents and put them into foster care or put them into a home or whatever, I don't know, with, you know a house with people or you leave them with the parents and then you have to deal with the situation and find the family somewhere to live. And we can't do that because we don't have anywhere no. for them to live.
3: We don't and even you can't, I wouldn't trust two slow at me no. back door. So no. I wouldn't.
2: No, a lot of people say you that. No. So, well, <laughs> yeah, well, 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 hang on, hang on, Daniel, stay there for a second. Jim, hi, how are you?
4: Absolutely marvelous, Miles. Or, uh sorry, Niall, how are you? <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs>
2: you did that on purpose, Jim, didn't you? I'm Daniel. I know, I know. Go on, Hello. go on, James. <laughs> yeah, deport them. Jim, what do you reckon? Deport them. Yeah, but you can't. What deport the children? You
4: can't. I you, 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 you can't. Of course, you can. You get the parents together with the children, right? The modular home that they got free off the government, they can have...
2: But they didn't all get modular homes free off the government. Are you there, Jim? Sorry. So what happened to Jim there? He's just kind of vanished off the face of the earth. God bless him. I shall get him back momentarily. I do apologise. Stay with me. I'll get him back in a second. What do you do? See, Danielle is lost for words. And the reason she's lost for words is the same reason that I'm lost for words. Because as much as I care about the children, I also understand that maybe it's too late to even ask that question because the horse has already bolted. We are in a situation where there is no accommodation anymore. It's gone. So you have an alternative. If you want to treat the children well, you take them off the parents because we don't have the money to accommodate everybody. But you can't do that either that would be abuse. That would be traumatic for a child to be taken off the parents. So what do you do in this situation? Sorry, Jim, going back to you again. Jim, yeah. firstly, you mentioned modular homes. Not everybody coming into the country can imagine their home. What are you talking about?
4: Oh, I'm actually looking out my window at the moment, now. right? I can see City West. And at any given time, there's 3,000 people there, right? They can drive in. There's no bother. Drive in and have a look in the car park and see what the cars are in the car park. And don't tell me these people are running away from a war. There's a website you can go on, check the registration. None of them are from the area where this uh, so-called war is kicking off.
2: They're yeah. going
4: home on holiday. I,
2: I, 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 I just Jim, I understand all of what you're saying. And you are right. 100% correct. There are many people who are not fleeing war. They're economic no. migrants, right? All right? Okay, so the point is, they're here anyway. Yeah. They're, and when they come to the country, they claim asylum. There's a process. Yeah. Yeah. So so what do you do in those situations when you've got children involved, where they're living, you know, while that process is happening, and we need to speed up that process and be more efficient around that process, but while that process is happening, what do you do with children? Do you leave them living in tents?
4: Well, the thing is, uh, uh, Nile, the parents don't mind living in tents because we're now on Treasure Island, and they will get a free house, and they know that, so they will endure that. And they'll make a song and dance in the meantime, but they know what the price is, and that's the way it is.
2: But they won't all get a free house, as you say.
4: Oh, there's the will, guarantee.
2: Where are the, where, the, where are we going to produce all these free houses that you're talking about? Where are we going to produce all these from?
4: Why do you think we don't that, we why don't why do have you, enough
2: social housing as it is?
4: Why do you think they're trying to amend the constitution now to take away a property rights? What do you think
2: that's for? Whether, now, you see, people have exaggerated this. This is Article 39 of the of the Constitution, Article 41, which refers to the right to a home, and this idea that they'll take away property rights. There's always been a provision in the Constitution where the state can take your property. Always. Mm. And you know Go what on. that's there for? Do you know the purpose of that? It's very rarely ever used, by the way. But the purpose of that is is that we move on as a society and we have to change. And sometimes they might want to build a motorway. And if they build a motorway and your house happens to be in line where they want to build, it gives them a right under law to make what they call a compulsory order, a compulsory purchase order. Yes. Okay. That's what that that's that provision. That's what it's there for. It's not there for any other well, dubious reasons. That's people coming up with all sorts of weird conspiracy theories. Well,
4: can I ask you can I ask you a question then, Nile, right? Yeah. What's the purpose of the Dublin agreement?
2: Well, the, the Dublin Agreement, which was an amendment originally to the Convention, was that if people are fleeing war uh, under the criteria of asylum-seeking, and there's five levels of criteria, which is persecution, certain death, political persecution, I think there's some... I can't remember the rest of the other two or three, whatever they are, right? Um, they can go to the first safe country. If the first safe country doesn't accept them, they can go to the second safe country. The second safe country doesn't have to accept them, they can return them to the first safe country. So what's the point you're trying to make?
4: the point i'm trying to make is most of these so-called refugees are given refugee status right without fulfilling the criteria because they're flown directly in here they come here directly
2: well you heard leo guy- over you heard Radker, and in his statement what he said was when he was asked why people were being given right to remain um in ireland even though they didn't fulfill the criteria and were clearly economic migrants he said that would be done uh, um, on occasion Uh, for humanitarian reasons. That that was his, I'm not saying I agree with that, but that was his reason.
4: Well, the government of the day, Niall, seems to lack uh, any humanity for indigenous
2: Irish people. So you think that Irish people are not being treated as well?
4: Two wrongs don't make a right.
2: Well, they they certainly don't, but I don't see too many Irish people sleeping in tents in Strad Valley
4: no they're not but they're sleeping in the streets in Dublin and every other town in
2: Ireland and where are they sleeping in the streets of Dublin Irish people and, at any one time there's about in say we we'll take Dublin for example there's about 140 to 170 people sleeping on the streets in Dublin at any one time right, right. And, and the majority of those people have been there a long time they're in and out of hostels they're unfortunately many of those people have mental health issues alcoholism drugs there's many different issues going on for people who sleep in the streets so
4: just leaving them
2: there huh I didn't say just leave them there. What what do what, what you want to do? You can only help people who want to be helped sometimes. So I, what I'm saying is when you're in a situation, everybody in this country is entitled to a social welfare payment, no matter who you are, by the way. Everybody in this country is entitled to a shelter. Now, that may be a hostel in some situations, a temporary accommodation, or a hop scheme if you can find somewhere to actually rent. So everybody can do that. Everybody can get a job if they want to. Because there's plenty of jobs, there may be low-paying jobs, but there's plenty of jobs. So what I'm saying is, when you see people living on the streets, or Irish people, as you say, living on the streets, those 150 to 170 people in Dublin that tonight that will sleep on the streets probably isn't that many during the winter, more so in the summer. Most of those people have reasons for being out on the streets. Right. The social. But
4: forget reason. about the. the night. Yeah. What about the people who are living with the mother?
2: Oh, absolutely, panic. absolutely, that, and 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 that's unacceptable, Jim. I completely agree with you.
4: What about the students? Don't know, They can't get a place to stay where they're trying to do their studies.
2: Absolutely, if, um, I completely agree with you. It's unacceptable, but we are where we are, where we have a limited so amount of accommodation, unfortunately.
4: I think these people should re- be repatriated to their own country and stop these. Uh, these profiteer, uh, profiteer buccaneer proper, profiteers making fortunes out of this direct provision system. I think uh, the money that's been put into that could 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 have could sort these people out in their own country so they wouldn't have to come over here.
2: And I, I would agree with you, and I would agree with the Irish government in one sense is that we should be helping it to, you know, give money similar to the rest of Europe to try and fix uh, countries to stop people from leaving them. But the problem is you're dealing with corrupt governments.
4: Indeed. Yes, indeed. But here it is, Stone Isle. There's another another angle to this. See, when these kids go into the the school system, you're going to have Russian kids, you're going to have Ukrainian kids. See, when these get to 14, 15, 16 years of age and they realise what happened to their father in Ukraine and who killed who and who killed what, what's just going to happen? They're going to form gangs, mate. That's a fact. Watch.
2: Well, I don't know, and I can't predict the future, Jim, but that's your theory, But I can't disagree nor agree with your theory. I would like I would like to think that a generation from now that people will become um, part of well, they would, their Irish culture will kick in rather than Ukraine culture or Russian culture or whatever culture it happens to be there or wherever they happen to be from. Jim, oh, well, we, that's not really what we're focusing on tonight. What we're focusing on is the children. No matter what your views happen to be on Irish immigration policy, which is a disaster. I'm not going to deny that. Whatever your view happens to be, we have to have a look at the situation where we have children living in unsuitable situations and accommodations.
4: You know why it is? To be cheaper, give them 100 grand per family and send them back to Ukraine. They probably get on better. Not that's that's not the
2: answer. That's lot, okay, maybe some would take the 100 grand and go, but that's not the answer. And not everybody's from Ukraine, by the way. We're talking about people who be coming from the continent of Africa as well and places like that. So, yeah, so a hundred grand might be okay for now, but you, if you gave somebody a hundred grand, what's the stop them going back in two months' time?
4: Everybody that's that's not going to solve
2: the problem. Too. Throwing money at it is not going to solve the problem, Jim. That still doesn't answer my question about children who are currently sleeping in a tent. What do you do?
4: Yeah, I, I did answer your question. I said repatriate them back to Ukraine. That's what I said.
2: But they're not all from Ukraine.
4: Well, repatriate them wherever they came from because they're all most of them are freeloaders, man.
2: Most of them are freeloaders. Do you have the statistics on that?
4: Yeah.
2: Do you have Do you have statistics on that?
4: Look at Nile. The dog in the street knows what's going on in Ireland.
2: Well, the there's the- currently 120,000 or 123,000 refugees in Ireland. Are, oh, you, te- are you telling me most of them are, are freeloaders?
4: Well, look at look at look at that judge. That examined five hundred cases. They were for people. They that. were
2: for people seeking international protection. They weren't for refugees. But go on, yeah, you're making a point. Like I know the person you're talking about, yeah.
4: Yeah, but there's people coming in here as refugees, right? Mm-hmm. And completely uh, uh, abusing the system now. I and
2: completely agree system. with you, and and that should be dealt with. And people, Ireland is not some sort of place you can just go to seek, you know, to to be an economic migrant because we have a system, we have an immigration policy which seems we've abandoned. And I agree with you in relation to that. That still doesn't answer my question. They're already here.
4: Yeah. Well, I just gave you my answer, what I would do. What I think should be done.
2: Okay, stay there for a second. Let me go to Melissa. Melissa, hi, how are you?
1: Good evening, Nile.
2: Good. I'm um, a bit I, I...
1: after that excellent report, but um, yeah. let's get back to
0: what we're
1: uh, Yeah, I'm actually choked up here after hearing that. Um, But let's get back to the children because children are the innocent in all of this at the end of the day. And um, just to tell you a little story there, now, when Syrians came over and a Syrian family here and they told me they were two years in German camps before they came to Ireland and the children were being raped within the camps. I know in my own hometown there was a handful of children some with disabilities, autism and that, and um, there was only about four families and there was like 80 single men and they all in the same building. In that same building that they were drinking bottles of vodka more noon and night in our graveyards and up and down the town and one actually died and fell down the stairs drunk in the same building where children were and so I brought this up last October. Why are the children in the same building as these undocumented? men that are drinking morning, noon and night. This has to change. I agree with the gentleman before Mm -hmm. us. The Ukrainians should be sent back. There's fantastic hotels in Ukraine. We've all seen them. We've seen them partying over there. They could be sent to the other side of Ukraine and not here. Um, But I don't believe the children should be in these centres with these undocumented men. Just listening to the story of Aisling, imagine I do, I
2: can't. You can't be talking about the story of Ashling on the air. So I would ask you not to make any reference to it or any analogy or use any analogy in relation to the case of Ashling Murphy. All right, so let's move on from that, Melissa. Yeah, but you just... Sorry? Hello, Melissa?
1: Sorry, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Sorry, no, I just heard the case on your radio I know. show.
2: I, I'd rather, yeah, but I'd rather we just didn't talk about it. And I understand you were listen to it, and it is very emotional to listen to. But I would rather, we can't discuss it, unfortunately.
1: Think of what children are sharing accommodation with.
2: Mm-hmm. with Again, I, you cannot be using an analogies to the case, all right? So, okay, you want to talk to me about children are sharing accommodation with men you feel men it's unsuitable.
1: In things, yeah. 100%. yeah. And at the end of the day, the children are the innocents. Um, now, I want to talk about all the children that came over on a con with no parents and that are gone missing as well. Where are they?
2: Yeah, well, no, I, I, where I've, are, I've talked where to are Mac Paths. We, we spoke to Mac, Mac Paths on the that's air that's and, made. yeah, there's maybe 200 children. I believe, They believe 200 children are gone missing in the system.
1: Exactly. That came that's in unaccompanied, into and they went into the child services where are they? Why is no one talking about the missing children that came in unaccompanied? Well, Leo, Leo Varadgar
2: did say he would investigate it, but I haven't heard the result oh, of that investigation.
1: What like?
2: yeah, Two months ago. I,
1: I, I saw him say that live on the drawback because I do watch, yeah. you know, the live. The and then I want to bring you back to another case where I've put in several, several um, investigations in writing into two people in Ireland that were just dropping into Poland and bringing children and um, single mothers here um, for abortions and just dropping them into unvetted families that were getting 800 a month from and not knowing who they were dropping them off with. I know some of the Ukrainians left and went on holidays and left their children here with unvetted families.
2: Well, you, you did hear the news the other day. The government have now changed the criteria. They weren't obviously listening to people when they were saying this six months ago. But they have changed the criteria in relation to Ukrainian refugees. If they do go home on holidays yeah, or have to get dental work or whatever it is, mm. they won't be allowed back.
1: Imagine we can't get we can't get dental work in Ireland.
2: Jeez. Yeah. So so if Ukrainians are heading back to Ukraine on holidays, which they are, some of them, um, they won't be allowed back into Ireland. Yeah.
1: That. But that's that, that's because we've been screaming it. Mm. If we weren't screaming it, that wouldn't be done. If we aren't highlighting that, because I know families that have done that, they actually went over and spent a month back in Ukraine, left their child here with a family that was minding their child unvetted, no one was being vetted and this, these people weren't registered, there are two people, one from Colway and one from Dublin and they decided to do this off their own back. And that's been making money. I, I, I followed it Well, him. well the, well the state has has out.
2: accepted the stories that have been told that people are saying this. So the, the state have accepted that, and they've changed the criteria because of that. A little bit late, mind you. Know, but, did
1: it take them to do this? Yeah, I, 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 I put I all those reports in last October. I know there's two people in this country, and they were using Facebook I, and WhatsApp. Melissa, I said funding.
2: it. I said it eight months ago on the air, and I was accused of misinformation.
1: Child I know. Yeah. Well, thank you, but I have actually official reports put in, and I can give them to you and show okay. you the official reports I put in for child trafficking in this country of two people that did it through Facebook and WhatsApp and funding, and were dropping children and lone parents. They they seem to have deliberately gone for lone parents. And then the parents were going back on holidays, and even the children here. And at that time, I looked into it. No family that is now getting eight hundred euros to have them in their bedroom, a lone parent and a child, eight hundred a month they're getting.
2: No, and I know. Look, I know the system is being completely abused, and people know that. People are aware of that. Even the government are well aware of that now, because they mentioned the other day the Department of Integration that the system was being abused, and that's why they brought in this new criteria. But moving on from that. Let's look at Strad Valley. And there are children in Strad Valley, by the way, in tents. We've seen some of the, the images on TV and what have you. That's completely unsuitable. In
1: Germany. The Syrians were in Germany for two years Intense.
2: Yeah, it because is unsuitable, but isn't it? It's not suitable.
1: I don't know. At times, you know. No, I'm talking um, about
2: children. I'm talking about for children.
1: No, for children, whatever
2: about adults, they make their own decisions.
1: Like, we all like to go camping. I camp an awful lot, okay. yeah.
2: I wouldn't like, you like to know, be camping for eight months of my life in the cold, by
1: the way. No, no. I, no one would like to be camping for eight months, especially in Ireland and the, the weather we have. But, like, why are they here? I have to go back to the last gentleman and say they need to be sent home. A family's coming in with children and children coming in alone. This is the government's fault, and my god, I do believe we will look back in this in history. And this will be worse, worse. Than yeah, the when, the, when the
2: Children's ombudsman said we look back in uh, in history and, you know, and we will judge Ireland for the way we treated children. But I also, yes. believe, but I yes. also believe we look back in history and say, what the hell were the government thinking? But stay there stay there for a second. Let me just go to Ed as but, well.
1: Sorry, can I just finish this yeah. night? Yeah. I've met Syrian children that were two years in camps in Germany. Syrian children, that they were the first kind of big yes. group that we brought in here. And um, they were two years in camps and they'd been raped by other teenagers and all kids. The stories I heard were horrific that the government or the mainstream media are refusing to cover. And this is go on again and again and again in these hotels. Like, <laughs> all these undocumented men and children in the same buildings are... Well,
4: it's same completely same unsuitable.
1: Areas. Yeah. It's, it's... This is... This
2: no, no, is we've, heard, we've heard the situation. There was uh, accusations made in the place in Eastwall Wall. Where there was young teenage girls and there was men, all in this you know accommodation together, and you've got these young teenage girls going and using communal showers, and there's grown men walking around or waiting to use the shower, and the whole but thing is not just unsuitable.
1: Irish children, yes, oh no, 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 I know, I agree. Forget our hmm. Irish children in a hotel room that you can't give a snack to when they come in from school, or they have to get on a train or a bus miles and miles away.
2: Right. I, I agree with you, but the only thing I will say is at least they're with their own parents in a room. They're being starved. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> well, well, hang on for a second. Let me go to Stephen as well. Stephen, hi, how are you? Sorry, Ed, I'll be with you in a second. Stephen, hi.
0: Hi, hi Ed, how are you
2: doing? Good, Stephen. Um, Stephen, you know, I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but think of the children. Uh, you know, when we see a situation where we, we're, we're now overcrowded, we've now no accommodation left, and your children are in very unsuitable situations, what's the answer? Hmm?
0: To be fair, actually, Niall, I'd actually argue the point that we're overcrowded. Um, I think there's just too many people in in other people's back pockets. Um, We've got 10,000, you know, what someone else would call indigenous or national Irish homeless. And as you said, we've got a little over 100,000 refugees in at the minute, but we have over 70,000 vacant properties. And our largest landlord in Ireland is a Canadian vulture fund. There's too many people making, you know, millions off of the Irish homeless situation and the refugee situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these hotel owners are Irish. A lot of the food coming in for the asylum seekers is coming in from, you know, Irish companies. So, you know, there's a lot of profiteering going on here. If the system was set up correctly for everyone's benefit, um, we'd be in a much better state than we I are
2: I now. know the hotels are profiting because a lot of them are getting between. And we looked at, I read out all the figures there other night. I think it was the Crown Plaza, I think, was making the most amount of money. The one up in Dundalk or something like that, some ridiculous amount of money per night that you wouldn't even pay to go on holidays, right? And they're to put, charging the Department of Justice these figures on a nightly basis for people. But here's the thing. If they weren't in these hotels, where would they be? Where, where You're saying the 70,000 vacant properties. But many of those properties are not up to scratch. They need to be fixed up. You know, many of those properties are owned by the state, by the way. They're council properties. Uh, the vast majority, I think, are probably council properties. Uh, you've got ghost estates all over the country. But they're not suitable That's or habitable. Amazing. But they're not habitable at the moment. And we don't... We don't have the manpower. You can't, like, it's all well and good, say, for Sinn Fein to turn around and say, oh, we'll make 120,000 social houses, or the Labour Party to, to suggest they'll make a million social houses, which is, you might as well say, you might as well say 20 million to say a million, right? But who's going to do this? We don't have the manpower. We don't have the plasters, the electricians, the plumbers, the builders, the people to do this. We're doing it as quick as we
0: can. But see, funny enough, we have the platters and the buildings and so on to build these luxury estates. I'm based out in North Wicklow. And absolutely everywhere are going up these five, six, seven bedroom, you know, mansion estates that do go half on empty and they get bought up by German by German or Canadian or Chinese vulture funds. If we can afford, if we can divert that into the right place. But we don't even need Sinn Féin saying they need to build 120,000 council houses. Because, you know, we don't need them. We have such an excess stock sitting there empty. Um, I think the Where are they, Stephen?
2: You're seeing them. I, I'm not seeing them empty. The majority of ones that I see empty are just uninhabitable and they need to be fixed up. You know, because you have well, people who move yeah. out of council houses sometimes and leave them in a state of disrepair and then it's sitting there with boards on the windows for eight months. You know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. Well, I'd say, you know, and that was actually something I was interested in. I, I worked in the census enumerating last year and, you know, we came up with something over 12% of properties in my small local town were, were vacant and most of them were habitable, you know, because you have to check over the neighbours. A lot of them was, you know, a, house, a housing estate of 30 houses and four houses were left owned by the developer, and he was waiting a few years for the market to keep going up to boost profits or whatever. Or there is stuff, you know, where they're held on by families, and arguing the will, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. But we have plenty of housing stock there. I think there is a lot of. Are, are we? Are we Sorry, sorry for
2: interrupting you because I'm getting close to the news, and, and I want to try and get Ed in as well. No, but are, are we at a point, you know, and 76 percent of people, according to a Red Sea poll, said the government needs to stop letting people into the country. Now, when I say stop letting people in, we have a visa program for people who need to come here and of work. Course et etc cetera, et cetera. but we're talking about asylum seekers and refugees how we got to a point do you agree with the 76% of the population that we say we need to put a hold on us and say well hold on for a second we're full for the moment let's look at it again in six months time when we sort out what we have but for the moment you're gonna to have to go to another country is it that? Is that not the right thing to do for the sake of everybody
0: you know I can completely understand that argument because as much as I would pers- my personal preference would be if you can help Help, oh, and yeah. I think we can help. Absolutely, we and can. When I mean, we're so talking we about gen- when we're talking about win. genuine,
2: ref- there's so many genuine refugees are being treated like dirt in this country because I, of because there so I would, I because there's so many un- ones that are not genuine are here taking up space too. Do you know what I mean?
0: Actually, no. I I don't know what that false percentage would be, but my main thing would be regardless of how in entire genuine need people are, we shouldn't be shipping them off to tents. So perhaps there should be kind of an allocation in terms of what countries, low or EU-wide or whatever it is. They can actually, shipped, you know, back,
2: look after these people to a certain standard of living. Okay, so
0: what are you saying, Jim? I said they should be shipped back to
4: where they came from, and he should be shipped off there. <laughs>
2: right, that, that's that's not the answer to send their callers off somewhere to another country. Then they wouldn't be on the air with me, uh, uh, Jim. Okay. I, he- I heard what you uh, had to say, and, and I do believe right. that if people fail the process, the asylum process under the criteria, and they're given or they're given a deportation order they should be sent back to where they came from. Yes, course, I do agree. But, but, but
4: there's a process. Sorry? You know? I said the people then, that were, the system will be that airtight that the people who are actually here would be viewed upon by other Irish people as genuine refugees. Because we can't tell the difference now because they all look the same to us, if you understand me. And the language barrier, so on
2: and so forth. So that's the way it is. Stay there a 2nd I We've well, we time to go to Ed before the break. Ed, I'm going to go to you very quickly because I, I have to go to yep. the news a second. Sorry, Ed, you heard what Stephen has to say, that, and Stephen, stay with me too, say that we should be doing more because we have plenty of accommodation if we just got our finger out and did it properly.
5: How are you, know How are things? Right. Uh, I'll be very quick. And for the second time in Classic Kids Radio Station, I'm going to agree with you for the second time ever. Right. Uh, four things first. I'm going to very quickly... Section thirty nine, section forty one. I think uh, entitled to every person to accommodation. I think that shelter, shelter is to the it. word.
2: I think is uh,
5: Shelter. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think I think that applies to every Irish citizen. Uh, should be uh, entitled to Irish uh, a shelter. shelter. Yeah. Now that's just me going to show it. Secondly, yes, we are doing as much as we can. If before these refugees started before the ukraine war and i'm not just putting ukraine i'm talking about every refugee before all this started we had an accommodation crisis we always had that we've had that for 10 years yep now as part of the european union and european union said we must play our part the european union must play our part by saying look ireland you are taking more than per capita." For
2: Europe. We're taking the highest number per capita of any country in Europe. The
5: highest level. Yeah. And therefore, what we should be saying is, we cannot afford it because we have no houses. The European unit, von der Leyen, whatever her name is, should be saying, well, let's allocate Ireland an extra, I'm going to say, one billion, just hypothetically, to start building houses, start building accommodation for deals. Not tents. Tents are not a deal. But but, but but Ed but Ed, I,
2: I will disagree with you there because I could give I could give the Irish government twenty billion to borrow to build accommodation. Money is not the object.
5: Uh, no, it's not money, it's but also Manpower start, is the
2: object. Or woman yeah, power is the Let's case, start
5: isn't. getting these we call them refugees, we call them asylum seekers. These are obviously experienced people. Some of these are builders, some of these are electricians, some of these are plumbers. Like, get over to Ireland, start working, start building. Now I'm not saying your own house start working straight away. Don't put you into direct, direct provision. Let's get you, the direct get you in, get you a job, let your
0: papers. Sorry Stephen. Let your papers That's the biggest problem with direct provision where, I mean, obviously there's been special lenses made for the for the Ukrainians, but direct provision doesn't work because they don't allow you to work. You know, people say, you know, Forget they get free healthcare, free three years and so on. Forget Ukrainians. But they would love to work. The studies have shown time and time again, if you gave them the opportunity to work, majority people would work. They want to become part of the communities. They want to work. They want to be able to feed themselves, clothe themselves, and, you know, not you know, be given stuff from a soup kitchen. If they were allowed to work, absolutely we have experienced people in there. We have people sitting there, doctors, bricklayers, so on and so forth. And you've got to remember, guys, 20 years ago, we, invo- we you know, Ireland were putting out in the national states' advertisements begging people to move over here because we had, uh, we were at full employment. We, we literally didn't have people to we, work. To we're, we're the still job. in
2: that situation.
0: Yep. Absolutely, you know there are thousands of people tied up in direct provision that aren't allowed to work. If you give them a chance to work, not only would they be providing to the economy, they'd also be able to afford themselves, so they wouldn't be. So, what what are
2: you suggesting? A temporary PPS number for six months until their asylum case is heard?
0: Absolutely, and once there's a basic vetting in place, I know there is a huge issue with with non-vetted, particularly males. However, you know, but that is that, a
2: huge that, issue, Stephen.
0: That, that, it, it is a huge issue, but it has also become a little, uh, you know, a, a phrase that has been latched onto the well, did, but, yeah, there. Yeah, but
2: it's a fair phrase. I mean, when you have people coming in, you know, and we, we read in the paper the other day that something like 61% who came in had no documentation. That's concerning.
0: Absolutely, no, and of and of course it is. And if there's proper due process in place, we could fast track through that. Get PPS numbers in place and allocate. You know, well, how do what you fast track,
2: Stephen? I, I, and I'm going to continue this conversation maybe after the news. After I talk about the floods in Cork, but how do you fast track that when you have like when Interpol can't even assist you when you have people who are claiming they're somebody who they're not. They're claiming from they from a country that they're not. How do you fast track that? That takes time. What, do you use dental oh, records? I don't, I don't know how they do it, by the way. I don't fingerprinting. I don't know.
0: No, of course. No, and, and I agree. And genuinely, the unvetted issue is a huge issue. There, but there is a lot of people that have been sitting in that direct provision years, and I'm talking nearly a decade at this point. And if you gave them a chance, they would work. And they're just, their hands are tied. I mean, they're given, they're not sitting there making millions. Now, a lot of people in the hotels, earn about 14 quid a day and they're not allowed to you know they can't even cook for themselves real people real opinions real talk radio the multi-award winning Niall Boylan show